2: Very welcome to Thursday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM radio on this damp, dark, dreary December day. That's a bit of alliteration there, like that myself, to be honest with you. But that's what it is outside, folks. And uh, having good news here, I've just been watching the weather forecast there and. Uh, <laughs> It's looking damp for the next while, for sure. It's milder. It's milder, but uh, damp. If you want to get in touch with us on the show today, you'll need this number because I have a Millbrook market competition again this afternoon. I'll give you the question on that before 2 o'clock today. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text gets us to the show here. I mentioned it's milder today, but the cold snap has just finished. And it was a cold snap. And... When you're used to having your upper lift sheltered for years and years, and then you decide to have the tash removed, I wonder what it's like. Well, my first guest on the show today is going to tell me, Michael Gallagher, welcome to Late Lunch. Oh, welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Um, this is a story and a half. Last Friday night in Muldoon's in Durham, Conrad, the tash went. T- take us back. How long have you got it?
0: I haven't since 1974, so, <laughs> uh, so, uh, 49 years and uh, I, we, uh, I was serving time in Avoncarpus and uh, we were sent to, uh, on a block release course to, at Lone, uh mm. Regional College at the time and four or five of us decided we, we'd grow a moustache, it was a struggle at the
3: time
0: <laughs> but we grew it anyway and it's there since.
2: Well, there was a group had their shave done last Friday and all for a very good cause, RD and District Cancer Support Group there. But um, some of them did the Movember thing. So it's very recent with them. Others had uh, hair on their face for various lengths of time. But you were by far the longest not out of almost 50 years. Tell us about having a moustache. Is it a difficult thing to maintain?
0: Uh, no, it's not. Well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be big into it. Uh, into it but, uh, uh, no, it's not, really. And it, it, you have less yeah, face to shave. So I uh, <laughs> probably will, will go with it again. Uh, it it, it, it uh, probably it was a feature of mine for, for a long, long time. You know?
2: Yeah, a real feature. I know you to see as well. And like you, you, you just recognise instantly. I have to say. And, uh, not alone as yourself, but as a fella
0: called Willie O'D. Tell us that story. Yeah, well, I, I will be recognised regularly uh, uh, as Willie o D., But we went on Pat Kenny. I, I think it was in 2011. I was on Pat, one of them Pat Kenny shows, political shows, and Pat them straight down to me. I was trying to make a point about, but it was after the recession and making a point about the, the, the social welfare people and, and the. Civil service to get equal pay and or no cut on or the money, but Pat just came out to me and said, "You you you look like Willie O'D? Huh. Right on television. So, <laughs> <laughs> and another, another, funny one was in Kells, I was at the uh, St Patrick's Day review panel, uh, uh, and this man came up as you can't me and said, "In glad you've come up here today, and uh, your name's taking on. So he, a bit of a chat, and then he introduced me his daughter as. I can't think of a Christian name, but she was so... Yes. uh, He thought he was talking to Willie (laughs) O'Dee.
2: Well, look at Michael, you've scuppered that now for sure. What's it like in a practical sense? What's it been like since you've had it shaved off? How does it feel?
0: Uh, I suppose when you you find without your toe, you get bristles or, you know, you find that. (laughs) And and the times you now go along during, you know, yeah, it can be. You find it a mustache, but if you drink a soup and that, if you get it longer, yeah, you'd have to it a little bit anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and you know, food. What about food? You mentioned there when it get a little bit long. You know, is that a, a bit of a nuisance when you're eating? Well,
0: yeah, no soup. It's, it's if you drink a soup already, right, yeah. You know, look, <laughs> but uh, apart from that, look at it. I didn't uh, didn't cause me any hassle at all. Yes. Really, you didn't know.
2: Yes. Is, is it true that this is the first time uh, that your wife, Sheila, or your children have ever seen you without a moustache? Uh, yeah, it
0: probably is. Uh, now, Sheila was at school with me, uh, so she may have seen me <laughs> as a school. Right. That is all right, but uh, definitely in my adult years now. Mm. Uh, it's like 49 years now since I.
2: Yes. What do they think of it? What do they think, Michael, of it? When they look at you now, do they like what they see? Mustacheless Michael. Well, uh,
0: some of them said I look younger, but I don't know. I probably
2: will go it again. Well, Michael, myself myself and Louise have been looking at the photographs this morning. And I want to say to you that you are younger looking without the tash. Right. And I think you should consider keeping the razor above the lip constantly now and don't let it come back. I think it suits you.
0: Right. But, uh, some of my election posters <laughs> aren't <election
2: posters>. good <laughs> 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 Ah Japers will you go out of that the old political game you have to but you know I often said it here about political posters Michael that you know fellas and women like yourselves they're inclined to use pictures from yesteryear on the posters so I think I think you should rerun them without the moustache because your year is younger looking and it's genuine and you'll get more bloody votes
0: <laughs> I might take your advice.
2: But <laughs> 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 uh, that's the way. I look at what. What do I know? Right. But that's that's just my my opinion. <laughs> my opinion. anyway. Um. So are you keeping it? Are you keeping it shaved
0: tight for the time? Well, in? I am up to. Up to yeah. I do not A lot of people Would have said to me that that I look younger All right but um, yeah, I dunno.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, we, the, we we love the new look, Michael We have to say, you're, you're getting the thumbs up from in, from in here anyway But tell me anyway about the the uh, whole uh, thrust of, of, of shaving it off It's all in a very good cause You raised a lot of money, didn't you, for and yeah, District I, I, Cancer? That,
0: that's right, I, 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 we're, we're at least 18,000 I think when it's all closed uh, look at The goFundMe yeah. oh, page is still open So uh, there's money still coming in But we'll have at least 18,000 and looking for a very good cause. Our yeah. DN District uh, uh look after people with, with cancer at, at, you know, you yes. know very yes. vulnerable time and, and supply mm. transport yeah. to uh to treatment and all of that's a wonderful cause. Yeah. And uh involved a local girl here that was involved in organizing this. And what we government doing uh, a few a few people that go in on the Monday because the main one the club organized it so and they yes. deserve credit, you know. Yeah.
2: Um, it's a fabulous amount of money to raise eighteen grand. Did, yeah. You know, it really is, and and tribute to everybody who who uh, got Before, involved with in this. Did. Yes, it, yeah. it, it it is brilliant. And the people I know, I've spoken to them uh, from time to time. Uh, the and District Cancer Support Group. They are wonderful people who do fantastic work, and they have big plans. I know as well, which they're they're working oh, on yeah. at, at the moment. They have they have indeed. So um. What about your political colleagues on that? Has there been any reaction there? <laughs> no, no. Mary hasn't
0: contacted me Mary hasn't contacted me anyway. Contacted
2: me anyway. <laughs> I'm just thinking, if you ever got the portfolio? <laughs> if you went to higher, higher things, you know what I mean? Uh, Willie O'Dea had it ministerial. Do you remember him? I can still see the picture of him and him looking down the barrel of a gun, was it, with the tash on him? It's a famous picture. <laughs> so you never know, Michael, Never, never know. Um, know. Uh, would you, had you ever, just one thing, you know, you're famous for the Tash. Had you ever a beard or did you ever grow a beard? I
0: did, I did try a beard. It, it, it only grew in places, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: <what
0: I've> <laughs> a patchwork
2: beard. I'd never heard of that <laughs> before. That's a new one on me. So it is, you know, it's a new one. Any of the other fellas, you know, you, you, there was a group you got the, the the shaved on there. Anybody else thinking of, uh, you know, regrowing? Or have you heard that from the, from the others who had uh, the hair removed on Friday last? <laughs> no, it's to, to
0: tossed by now with the beard and, and the, the hair removed. I'd say you probably grow the beard again. And yeah, you know. yeah, yeah.
2: And, you know, when you, when you started all those 50 years ago, did you just do it by yourself or were there others involved? Did others... No.
0: There was four, there was five or six of us, we were school together, and we became friends from all over Ireland, actually, and uh, we uh, just, uh, I don't know how we decided to grow the moustache and yeah. competition, and we were struggling to grow over, and uh, there was, uh, I think one, actually, from Roscommon has, has kept it on. right. On and off since anyway, but yeah, of that's right, they didn't.
2: Yeah, OK, so there's one. But you are the, the old dog for the hard road, Michael. That's what they say. You're the man. <laughs> You're the man with it. That's maintained it as well. W- w- is there much meat, besides, I know you trim it on that as well. Is the Did you use any of the, the products, you know, to keep it in tip-top shape or anything like that?
0: No, no, no. no. Uh, the funny thing about it was when we were growing it in Galway, was so a lad from uh, Galway uh, or in, in a long, lad from Galway and he he, he had kind of blondy hair. Yeah. And he grew the mustache and it was white. So oh. we decided it looked a mess and we we told him we'd we dye it so we got purple dye and dyed the mustache <laughs> and he, he, he gave it off then he even so it looked an awful looking <laughs> mess. So that's what he otherwise goes a barber he would sip yeah. it up you know yeah. and yeah. sort it out to be getting a haircut. But other than that then, very little maintenance now, too
2: you know? Yeah, and has 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 the look of yours changed over the years? It's grey. It was grey before you took it off, and your hair is grey as well. Had your fine head of black hair at one stage.
0: Oh, I had, I had. And ah, then the, yeah. mustache was the, last, the mustache was the last to go. All right. It remained black for a long time.
2: Ago. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, very interesting indeed. Well, look, at. well done to you. Congratulations on what you've raised. It's a fantastic achievement. €18,000 for RD and District Cancer Support Group. And, Michael. We're, we're, only, we're only slagging you today do as you want with it if you want to grow it again grow it if you don't want it do it's yours it's yours and you've had it for 50 years well who am I to say what you should do thank you so much for joining me well, on the show today Michael. take care of okay. yourself well, bye 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 that's Michael Gallagher there uh, Tash is long term Louise do you know anyone well, well we'll throw it out today would you say to somebody you know 50 years is a long time isn't it to have a Tash yeah I'd there are very few people do you think Say there are very few people who've maintained beards or tashes, you know, f- long time like that.
3: So, mm, no, I'd think? say there is. Would you say there's a lot? Yeah, yeah. Would you? Yeah. I I know if I can think of a few now off the top of my head that, that have even tashes now, even little bits of a tash. Yeah. Yeah. Years and years. And I'd say they have it years and years. Because I, I think, isn't it something that you'd have to have, like you don't, Automatically in your 50s or 60s, thinks, I'll oh, grow moustache. Do you? Well, uh, you can take it with
2: Gary. Yes. Yeah, but Gary. rarely. Maybe do it's, I suppose It's normally
3: in right. early life, isn't it? And yeah. You yeah, either you keep it or you don't or you. you it. It. Yeah.
2: yeah, I wonder. Anyone listening to us today with a spouse or a partner or somebody they know who has a long term tash or beard? We'd love to hear from you. Oh, 086. You know
3: a few women that has it as well. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
2: You shouldn't have said that. (laughs) But you said it as a woman. Thank God you said it and I didn't. Anyway, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text... It's open to everybody, men and women. <laughs> <laughs> Louise has just thrown it open to uh, all of, of the sexes. Yeah, there you are. If you know anybody who has a long-term tash or beard, or if you want to WhatsApp us in a picture of your tash or beard as well, 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or Texas. We'd love to see them this afternoon on, on uh, late lunch. Oh, my God. I never, I never. I, I have to say myself, I like to shave every day, every single Do day. You never try. No,
3: not for no November interest. or no, anything. No, no interest.
2: I have no interest in the world, to be honest with you. And I often said shaving is a pain in the in the butt mm. because you have to do it really. Out- no, you can. If I was on holidays or was away fishing or that, I might let it go a few days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without, but I like it's to double. shave every day. Yeah, I I do indeed. It's just a thing with me.
3: Can can all men just decide? Right, I am going to grow a beard or or and and just it happens or is it harder for some people? You know, the way some people. I tried, but it didn't. Oh, yeah. it was like my eyebrows slipped. Oh, you know, yeah. It didn't work out.
2: Yeah, you know, that it, it is different for different people. It's your genetics, I suppose, as well. Okay. Some people can grow it easy, others I can't. And, uh, it's like a, an, an and eyebrows. Why does it not
3: grow grey like the others, like your hair? Why is it later?
2: I don't know. That's mm. a good question. That's a good question. I, I have no answer to that at all. The other thing that you'll see with men, especially men, you ever see men with massive eyebrows? Oh, yeah you know Awful. birds nesting in mm. them. you know birds nesting in the eyebrows that, that.
3: love to get a tweezer at them
2: no I'd love to just get the, the let the backside out of the shaver you know the thing that you can trim your you, it's a trimmer on a shaver right. for, an electric one for your beard and just go across and go zzzz and take the whole lot off <laughs> oh that's that's what I'd love to do It'd be great satisfaction in that the wood. but although
3: it's a new it's, it's in vogue now to have really really thick eyebrows is it yeah for women anyway, I don't know for men.
2: Oh, well, well, you know, uh, but there's some men and they just haven't touched their eyebrows for years and years and years. <laughs> they are.
3: Do men touch their eyebrows at all?
2: Oh yeah, you get them trimmed when you go for haircuts, yeah.
3: So you go learn new things yeah, every day. Yeah, you do,
2: you do indeed, oh, absolutely. Anyway, you're with Late Lunch on this hairy December afternoon. <laughs> don't go anywhere.
4: Come on kids, let's all make Christmas cards. I'd send them in to Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch Show. On LMFM Radio.
2: Thank you so much, Ava. Yes, kids cards to Kelly this year for Christmas 2023. And they're coming in. Thank you so much. Look at this one here. Isn't it beautiful? Uh, there's a snowman. There's a elf, There's a lovely house. There are Christmas lights, decorations. Merry Christmas, it says. And that comes from Carla Coyne in Cawtown, Kells County Mead. Thank you so much, Cara. Here's a beauty. Look at that Christmas tree. Look, Louise. Look at that Christmas tree. Isn't that just a marvellous job?
3: Is it? Is it a Christmas tree that she did and then stuck at it? Is it is yeah. kind of looks three D. Yeah, it is. It's oh, like
2: three yeah. D. It's Lovely. brilliant. It says, "Dear Jerry, Merry Christmas from Dara age 6 That six-year-old Dara. That's from Dara Quigley look in Head. And look at look at look, look the reindeer on the back of the card. Oh, Isn't that brilliant? You but
3: rarely hear people say "Merry Christmas" anymore. Yeah, you Something don't.
2: Like- you don't. It is, is, is true. Thank you so much. Thank you for your efforts. And you know what we're doing. Shoe City have given us a €250 voucher. They have indeed. And we have toy store vouchers as well. There'll be three selected. To uh, win the prizes. That's not really win, it's a random thing. We're putting all of the children's Christmas cards into a hat. They're all numbered as they come in, and we'll draw them randomly, and someone will win those lovely prizes before Christmas. Keep them coming to me. Make the cards. Send them in here. Children, grandchildren, grannies, granddads, uh, dads, and mams, if you're listening today, get them into us on LMFM Radio. You can post them in if you wish. There's a post box outside. You can drop them in there at any stage. All reception is up Monday to Friday between 9 and 4. You can leave them in here as well. If about
3: what a week and a half left?
2: Yeah, all of next week. Yeah, t- tomorrow, all of next week, and sort of certainly the Monday mm. of the following week to get your Christmas cards into us. Thank you so much for them. We absolutely love them. Mm.
3: So the thing is that if they're sending their letter to Santi this week in the post box, yep, do the card with it and send them both together.
2: Absolutely, to it will be both envelopes. <laughs> There's that woman. That woman.
3: Just don't us send us the Santi list and we'll get them mixed up. <laughs>
2: Gosh, <laughs> we could look after it. Anyway, we'd send it on to the North Pole. We would. You know what I mean? There's no we doubt about that. There. We have contacts in the North Pole. So we have. That is for sure. Anyways, coming up after two on Late Lunch, Sarah Rush from Bernardo's is joining me to talk about coercive control uh, with uh, children and children experiencing this. It's shocking, really. She's uh, with us after two on the show. But taking us to top of the hour news and weather at two o'clock. Uh, Louisa selected this one today. She says, "Gotta play that one." It's Sarah Bareilles and the Winter Song. You do know that we're part of the campaign 16 days of action against domestic violence. Here on LMFM Radio, we're supporting Women's Aid in Dundalk, Drogheda Women and Children's Refuge and Mead Women's Refuge. And we're going to talk about a subject that comes under the umbrella of this campaign as well for the next while. It's coercive control and children. And I'm delighted to say hello on the show today to child and youth participation project worker with Bernardo's Sarah Rush. Sarah, thank you for joining me.
1: Hi, Jerry. Good afternoon. Thank you.
2: Coercive Thank control you. and children. Just maybe uh, explain this for listeners. Is it a, a, a facet of a home where one parent, say a man or woman, is coercively controlling the other adult and the children? Is that generally what it is?
1: Um, I suppose what we know is that it's it's mostly one parent perpetrating the control and the threats and the fear and the intimidation. If I can use, um, if I can just use the words of one child who's bravely, who bravely said this, it sounds like a deathly silence, mm. an environment that just takes over the home and seeps into every pore, a silence that lets you know you're in for it. And that silence means danger. That's what it can feel like for a child living with this in a family.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at your kids' coercive control web here, uh, which is simply brilliant. Uh, You've uh, obviously worked uh, with a number of children, I think 74 children or more, who've put various comments, like the one you've just read there now, onto this web. And I've been looking at this earlier today, and it's chilling to read what children have to say about the situations that they live in. But I think this is the the nub of the, the matter. If you're a child living in a coercive environment, it's very hard to have your voice heard.
1: It's, that's, that's exactly right. And what, what we have done, so um, the project that I work in, it's called the Bernardo's Childhood Domestic Violence and Abuse Project. And it was set up in 2019, Jerry to really um, try and increase the visibility of children and young people who live with domestic violence and abuse and coercive control. Mm. Um, And also to give them an opportunity to share their experiences and their expert advice for services and policy makers. And just to speak to what you've just said there, 74 children and young people from all around Ireland have partnered with us in various projects to share their advice, their experiences, their words. And, um, you know, they have so many things that they actually want to, you know, they, they want to offer advice to other children who yes. are in the same situation. Yes. Um, but safeguarding and emotional support is so incredibly important. It's, it's vital, really. And that's why we partner with 14 domestic violence services. From all around Ireland, so that the children and the young people in these projects, who are bravely sharing their voices, they do so within the context of a very safe, trusting relationship with their key workers. Yes, so that might that might answer that. Yeah, part yeah. For you.
2: I, I suppose the point I, I'm looking at is that's that's fine and that's absolutely essential, and it's great to hear that. But it, it, today, for example, we. we maybe talking to children or young teens who are listening to this and they find themselves in a situation that we're talking about, coercive control and some of the other comments. I'll read another couple of of them, uh, you know, from from this uh, web that I have here in front of me, Uh, driving like they want to kill you. That's somebody, you know, gets into a car with young people and and says, I'm going to kill everybody. Imagine somebody saying that to children, threatening to leave uh, or do something to hurt us. These are all comments from various children shouting, screaming, cursing at us, hurting us with money. Asking us about the other parent, trying to get us on their side, etc, etc. It goes on and on. But if we have children today who are not in the system, who are not highlighted, who are living in a home or an environment like this, how does a child or a young person, you know, highlight this? Or, or you know, you know, get help. You know what I'm trying to get to? Is that down to school and teachers? Is it down to other family members who might notice something? Neighbours, What?
1: I think that's part of the bigger picture for this project, jerry the Childhood Domestic Violence and abuse Project. And a huge part of what we've been trying to do um, this year and it'll be going forward into next year is that we're trying really hard on behalf of the children and the young people to raise audience and influence for what it is that they're going through.
5: Mm.
1: So really just to start creating awareness and um, to start sort of highlighting for everybody out there who is in contact with children and young people, whether they're a GP, a public health nurse, a teacher in a school, a guidance counsellor, yes. um, anybody, a youth worker, you know, that they they would they would have an awareness. They would maybe adopt a trauma aware lens and start considering the possibility but there could be something going on at home for a child and a young person. Yes. The children in this project, they've just been absolutely amazing because, as I've said, since 2019, they've been partnering with us and have created a number of resources, not just the Kids' Coercive Control web. Um, And another resource that we would have launched last year um, is a resource called Meet to You, What You Should Know, which is children offering kind of guidance to other children around how to cope with this stuff
5: Mm.
3: that's
1: going on and there's a couple of really important points in that one of which is talk to a trusted adult. Yeah. Make sure to talk to a trusted adult and then part of what we're trying to do then, a huge part of what we're trying to do is create awareness create resources that are accessible and practical so that people know how to respond if you know, know how to begin the con- to talk the conversation with a child or a young person if they suspect something difficult is happening at home. Mm.
2: I, I I like that because that's a way in. That is a way someone you trust, yeah. an adult, or even as you say, children yeah. or young teens talking among themselves. Because I am sure, I am sure that, you know, you do wonderful work. This project is amazing. All that have got involved. But you know yourself, there are probably numerous children out there who live in environments like this, that's yeah. just not acceptable.
1: Not acceptable, not OK at all. And I think we all play a role in noticing and um, recognising and um, being aware and also maybe, you know, using these resources and maybe building confidence in, you know, approaching, approaching something with a child, if there is a suspicion that there's something really, really difficult at home that they're living with, um, just to be a- you know to be able to invite the conversation. Um, and you know, what we know from this project, what's so powerful about this project, is that children and young people who have experienced fighting and hurting and coercive control at home they've been given the opportunity as i said already Jerry within the safety of their key worker relationships to actually give voice to their experiences mm. and they always want to use their voices and their experiences to help other children in the same situation yeah their voices are so loud so powerful so brave they're actually incredibly articulate they know what they want to say <laughs> they want to be heard they want to be seen and importantly, as we were trying to highlight at the 16 days event that we did last Thursday, they want policymakers, decision makers, people in positions of power and influence to begin to take action on their behalf. Mm. Um, and they want it to be recognized that they feel it too. Um, you know, as one brave young person told us, no one is talking about us, yeah. we are struggling in silence. Mm
2: yeah and that's uh many voices that certainly need to be heard i i really like what you're doing i have to say that i really do think this is is wonderful the empower kids project uh that under the umbrella of of bernardos and i'm just as i as i'm listening to you here I, again i look at these comments that all these young people and children have made and it is frightening and i just i have to say as a, a parent and a grandparent i do not understand how anybody would touch a child, lay a hand on a child, make a child's life miserable, or use them as a pawn in a game where there's a, a breakdown in a relationship. I just think it's the lowest of the low.
1: And it, like it, it, it isn't easy reading. I know you no. have the kids' coercive control web there in front of you, Jerry. It's not easy reading. No. But what is so powerful is all of those words are written by children Mm. and young people, Mm. and that's what makes it so powerful. They're not the words of of us in the project, the adults, the the people, the people behind the scenes. They're they're actually the words of children and young people. It's their lived experiences that they're sharing with us so bravely. And they want us to hear. They want to be heard. Mm. They want to. Mm. And I think this also highlights um, that children and young people, they actually want to talk about their experiences. They said that to us when we were doing another project with them called Our Rights, Your Responsibilities. And they've said really, really clearly that they actually want adults to talk to them about what's going on. Yeah. They don't want it to be hidden in silence. Um, mm. They want to be listened to and they want to be asked their opinion on what needs to happen.
2: Uh, it certainly has got to me as I read all of the comments that are there, and it's it's really moving, and it'd make you feel mad as hell, I have to say. Also, but I'm so reassured that you are doing in Bernardo's what you're doing. Just before we finish today, if anyone is affected by what we've been talking about today, yeah. what what should they do?
1: Um, there is what they can do is, I mean, if it's a child protection or a welfare concern. Um, That person needs to be making contact with the social work department, to to the child and family agency in their area. Um, There are also um, lots of other support options available in all parts of Ireland. Um, That person could also check out the Bernardos website, bernardos.ie. There's a lot of signposting on that. Yes. There are family support services in all areas, all around Ireland. There's um, resource centres, family resource centres as well.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently
1: a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. I to to get 30, 30, I bet to get 30, better to get 20, 20,
2: 20, I bet to get 20, 20, I bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a
0: try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Be,
1: might be a good place to yeah. to go. Yeah. But definitely to begin with two-foot child and family yes. agency if, if it's a concern it's, about a child yeah. in a family. That's the, that's the place to start.
2: Well done to you all in Bernardo's Empower Kids Project. Do check out the website; there is a lot there, as Sarah says as well. And keep up the great work that you're doing. I thank you for joining me on the show today Thanks to highlight it.
1: Thank you very much, it. Jerry. Thank Thanks you, Sarah. for the opportunity. Not all at all. Best.
2: You're very welcome. Bye. Take care. That's uh, Sarah Rush, there, Child and Youth Participation Project Worker with Bernardo's. It would just, when you read all these comments, I have them here really would get to you it would but it, it has to be talked about it has to come out into the open and we got to help children who are living in a home where there is coercive control it's officially christmas and i'm officially old. i'm officially with Dan and Shay, officially Christmas on your late lunch this afternoon. I love that song. It really is a lively one. It's great. And it's a quite modern Christmas song as well. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. We have to say a big thank you, don't we, Louise? Oh, huge. Big.
3: We're smiling from ear to ear in here.
2: We are. And we'll tell you why. Because uh, we've just received uh, a Christmas gift into us here during the show. It's happened just during the show as we've been on air. And there's a little gift for Louise, Mm -hmm. and there's a little gift for myself. And there's a wonderful Christmas card from Santa's Little Helper. Oh, ho, ho. ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Santa's Little Helper have, has been in touch with us on this show from the very start, from where we began. And every year, they send us a little message when it's getting near to Christmas. 17 days to go, isn't it? 16 mm-hmm. days countdown. to go or whatever. There's a countdown. There's the countdown. We never knew who it was. We have an idea who it is, don't we? Without yeah. saying, we, we have a good idea who it is now at this stage after all these years. But here's the thing, folks Santa's little helper has left a huge donation mm. for the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. And it is huge, isn't it, Louise? Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. huge it's, it's donation. It's we won't sizable. say. But we were overwhelmed, weren't we? It's. It's incredible. Mm. It's just incredible. And Santa's Little Helper did it last year. Mm. And I I think maybe the year before, whatever. Look, the generosity. And he's done it through the
3: year as well. Yes, and
2: through the year for other causes and other people. You are so good. We appreciate Mm. your generosity. And I know I will take the donation personally to the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre and hand it over and make sure they get it and it can go towards the wonderful work that they do in the centre. They're helping so many people we are humbled by your generosity and Very we're not going to open your little gifts we're not going to open your little gifts until
3: no mine's going under the tree yeah
2: mine too thank you Sandra. I've it's actually just her. taken a picture of saying. it as yeah well. yeah 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 you're so good Thanks for. thanks again thanks again we just we're overwhelmed. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio, coming up next on the show we're going to have a chat with two wonderful mammies uh, who are going to talk to us about the support services available in Mead for children with additional needs. Delighted to welcome two wonderful women back to Late Lunch who've been with me over the years uh, you know Jacinta Walsh well she's one of the founders of Abacus School and back with us today, I remember the last time she was here, Trish Flood is with us as well and she has a new role as parent information officer, well Come back to the studio. Great to see you both. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having Thank us. You. <laughs> it's really good to have you back. It's been such a long, long time. Well, well, well. I know you've been busy through November, and we're only getting to this now with disseminating information about what's going on, Jacinta. But maybe in a general sense, you know, Abacus the school. How are you get? How are you getting on?
5: Well, the school is doing really well. We are in our new well, we call it called the new premises eight years now in Congress Avenue, and we have been sanctioned by the Department of Education to build a further four classrooms. So the plans are in train. They are currently back at the Department for approval. You know, so once they're approved, then hopefully we we'll go for. You know, now it'll be you know probably realistically two years, but it's it's yeah. actually fantastic to have. The opportunity, I suppose, to create four new classes on the site in Congress Avenue. We're so much a part of the community there, and you know, and, and like the community are so good to us in Drahadhan and Congress Avenue. So we're very excited about that.
2: When you think of when your journey started yes. <laughs> with Sam, your son, yourself, yeah. and there was nothing. Really, no, you know, there no. was nothing. You have to say that, and look at where you've come to, to at this stage. To say you have a school sanctioned, more classes on the way. Look at that resource and support, and you support families in Loudon than me, right?
5: Well, everything just happened organically. You know, there was no master plan at the beginning. It was really initially I was just responding to Sam's needs, yes, and then met other parents who were responding to their children's needs, and then we all worked together to try and. And then there was something else, and then as soon as you start in one thing. You see a million more things you could do, you know, so we've all just continued to do whatever we can. You know, as as the children grow in age, we were talking about children growing older, children's needs change as they get older. So that's when we've moved into, you know, lobbying for adult services, for respite services, for, you know, different needs for each age group.
2: Yes. Um, Do you feel there are people under the radar with children who have additional needs? Are there m- m- many more out there, you know, who could avail of your services?
5: I think so. And that's probably why um, people mightn't have heard of us. And people need to, you know, so even though you, we think oh Usher sure, whatever off the, the radio <laughs> or, or making uh, on social media and that. And that's one of the things. That's why we were delighted that Trish came on board as parent information officer. So that's why we're here to try and talk about the services that. Further yes. things that we can do to help parents, maybe people who are, initially going and start the diagnostic process or they have yeah. concerns or they're starting to put in... Initially, there's a lot of application forms. It can be... It's very confusing for anybody. Yes. So, uh, with Trish coming on as parent information officer, this is a free service. Uh, we have a premises downtown in Down and in Morality Street in the Workspace Centre. So, someone could ring Trish, make an appointment to see her, come in, she'll help you fill out the forms, you know. Yeah. So.
2: It, Trish, your new role. Congratulations as Parent Information Officer, and you come with vast experience. What age are your boys now, Harry and Gavin? Uh,
6: Harry is eighteen, and Gavin will be fifteen tomorrow. Oh, so I can't believe it.
2: <laughs> Happy birthday tomorrow, Gavin. Yeah, there you go. God, time has flown by, hasn't yeah, them? Yeah, really it? Yeah, has. it has. So the new role, the new position. What do you, what do you see? What you, like said to introduce yeah. you there. Tell us a bit about what you're going to be doing.
6: Um, So basically, I'm here for the parents of autistic children or people who may be going through the assessment process or even before that, who may be at the very beginning. Um, As Jacinta said, there's a huge amount of paperwork at the beginning. There's forms there. They're long forms. They have to be very detailed and you have to put a lot into them. And people, a lot of people find that really difficult. You know, most people, I would say, would find that Mm. fairly difficult. Mm. So obviously, I've done it myself with my own kids, and we there's all autism moms like Jacinta we've always helped each other out along the way um so I'm able to bring people in and they get like one to one in private and we could do the forms We'll take however long it takes. I can even you know if a person's not confident with their handwriting, I can write them for them, yes. so we're here to help um want to be useful in any way we can um we are we're holding regular coffee mornings now as well. Mm. So we had we have a big one our Christmas one in Drogheda is going to be on the twentieth of December, and then we're doing a joint one with the Tag Group in Navan, which they do great work over there. They're volunteers, and we're going to have a joint one with them on the fifteenth
2: of December. Yeah. So fifteenth and twentieth are two big days. For you. Yeah. Yeah. So the
6: twentieth in Drogheda in our
5: Morality Street, and the information is, is on it's on our um Facebook and our Instagram often support Loud and Meath and uh, it's just it's just a free drop in coffee morning children welcome just a chance to chat and meet other parents and the same with the tag group in Navan. so it's on the 15th Friday the 15th yeah at 10 o'clock in um, their premises in Navan. and where's the drop? the one at?
6: It's in our premises in,
2: in it's eighteen, the Workspace Center, Morality,
5: Morality Street. That's happening in there. Yeah.
2: So so that group again, mention mention your Facebook, Instagram across social media. Where do people find you? What's the name of the group? So again?
5: on uh, social media, it's Drahada Abacus yes. uh, Autumn Support Loud and Mead. If you just put that in Facebook, Instagram. We also have we should mention we have a private group on Facebook of Autumn Support Loud and Mead. Um Parent group, and there are about I think about eight hundred members of yeah, the yeah. are They and these are all parents from Louth and Meath, and it's just it's a really good resource for just to be able to say, you know, does anyone know anything about ex school or I live in such and such a place? Are there any other people around here with children of a certain age, or to meet up at the playground, or you know, just often quite mundane questions which yes. have no one to ask and the, the people who know yeah. best are somebody who was there two
2: years ago Absolutely you know? So It's networking It's networking, um, it's networking yeah. with this big group of people you know when someone will know if you have a question or whatever and, and it's wonderful It's wonderful the way this has grown and developed may I say What else is happening You mentioned there as they you know we talk about school and their education and they move through that then beyond school well, we've just
5: uh, in November there, we had our post 18 information night. So, that's we've been doing that for the past number of years. And we invite all the service providers and local education uh, centres, and diffy and DKIT, LMETB all come in and just have a stand. And parents can come in because it's the same. When, when, when Somebody who hasn't got a diagnosis when you're leaving school, you know, they're looking at all the points and the CAO courses and you're looking up, you know, all the different websites to find out and make your choice based on what your preference is. And that should be the same for somebody who has an additional lead, who is autistic or has any other disability. It it shouldn't just be because, oh, you live in Drogheda, therefore you have to go to a certain place. Different Places suit different people. Mm. There also there are educational opportunities. There's a lot of support in third level. There's great support in Diffie There's great support in DKIT. And these and there's, there's actually a new course in DKIT, uh, which is sort of an imp- independent living course. It's a two year, yes, course two days a week. Yes, yes.
0: I uh, so um,
5: so there's it's, the, it, so, the, so I suppose we're trying to encourage people to say there are options, and your child with with the disability has as much right to have choices absolutely. and options yeah. as anybody else does, you know. Yeah. So Yeah,
2: that's, that is That's that is as it should be. It is a right. There's a right for absolutely everybody. Um, You were telling me before we came on there, you have a very special project, uh, a film and drama group.
5: Yeah, we run a number of youth clubs and uh, our older youth club have a film and drama group on uh, a Tuesday night. And they are currently, they have made a number of short films, over the last number of years and they are currently uh, writing a new film which they will write and film and cast and do all the, you know, costumes and sets and usually film them in and around Drogheda. and this one will be, uh, it's exploring the themes of friendship and romance for people who maybe have an additional need and the dif- even friendship, the difficulties and we are looking for, we need to cast some further uh, parts so we were looking for so any uh, female parts, ideally people between sort of age eighteen to thirty-ish. Yeah, you know who may have a a, a new, maybe neurodivergent may have a, have an additional need. If they would be interested, they can contact me on just send to or again through so- social media. If anybody's interested,
2: it's like life, isn't it? <laughs> There's always a shortage of women. <laughs> Yeah. So 18 to 30, uh, you look 18 to does, 30. That, that's yeah. the age group yeah. who attend the group, yes. you know. So yes.
5: it, it's, um, and it's, again, it's still um, being written, but it's
2: it's going to be really fun and exciting. Who knows? Exciting. If you're listening today, this can be the start of a stellar career. Hollywood beckons. We never know where these things lead, but truly it is a great experience. And, you know, and another aspect of creativity in life as well to be involved. Oh,
5: absolutely. And it, it's actually, it's amazing to. um the themes that get discussed at mm. the film group and it, it, there are, these are young people who are discussing the, with an additional need who may have communication deficits and they are talking about how they find it hard to make friends and the, yeah. people, you know, operating in the mainstream world, the misunderstandings, they're not sure what to do you know and it is difficult for look. look all teenagers and young adults mm. relationships and friendships can be difficult yes. especially in this you know social media day and age but it's even more difficult if yeah. you have an additional need or you have communication difficulties mm-hmm. so it's um it, you know it's both helpful and I suppose in some ways therapeutic but it's also great fun yeah and that's
2: <laughs> it. you'll have fun while being involved how is Harry and Gavin how are they getting on your fillets
6: they're great Um I'm really proud of them um, yeah. Harry is doing his final year now in St. John's, and we are this is the next big transition in his life. So we're looking at um, various day services, but we're also looking at college courses like what Jacinta was just talking about yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's in his final year. And we went to Euro Disney for his 18th, which he loved. And Gavin, then he goes to Beaufort College. He's in the special class there. And he loves it. They're very good over there with um, the kids, and yeah, they're doing great. It's good to yeah. hear.
2: It's good to hear. What else have you? Have you? You have some other stuff going on there? We better get well, it. Well, as we, we say, we
6: it. just really wanted to highlight the two coffee
5: mornings. Uh, we have a sibling workshop uh, on Saturday, this after the ninth of December, and this we've been running these for about fourteen years. We run about one a month, and it is for siblings of anybody with a disability. So brothers and sisters of somebody with a disability who. Uh, participate you know it's a fun interactive play drama based workshop led by a trained um counselor where is that happening that happens in the abacus school on Saturday between 10 and half 11 and again on our social media you can book a place like it's five or you know it's it's, yeah. it's really it's, it's a it's a um, it's, it's really fun and it's so beneficial for the siblings who often get, you know, they they, they, they not that they get left out but they have to put up with a lot mm. and they're in a situation there when they come to the sibling workshop they can talk to other siblings who are going. They don't have to explain yes. why something is difficult. Yes. Everybody yes. realises, oh yeah, these things are yeah, <laughs> difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we... um. Also how we have uh, we are actually one of the beneficiaries of the Dolls House Christmas raffle this year, uh, which is fantastic. So if anybody's looking for raffle tickets, we are up for the Dolls House Christmas raffle. We're also <laughs> selling raffle tickets. Just to get a plug in there. Fantastic prizes of ten thousand cash. Big money. Or five thousand cash, you know, yeah. so absolutely fantastic prizes. Yeah,
2: and well done to the dolls because they're great absolutely. supporters of a range fantastic. of charities and people. they are they are simply wonderful. How's Sam?
5: Sam is great, yeah, yeah. Sam is twenty four now, which is um, I still can't get over that. We actually on my Facebook memories, a uh, picture of Sam came up yesterday, uh which was twelve years ago when he got his first iPad, mm. and um, uh, you know, brought back great memories at the time. We collected phones to get the iPad you know, but th- these days they're such an essential part of his life. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's twenty four, uh, yeah, and he still still watches Winnie the Pooh, still mm. watches Barney, and loves them
2: and that's his thing and yeah. he enjoys it Absolutely. and that's the way it is yeah. wish you well with your new role Trish Flood uh, Thank you're you. a great woman you really are and uh, again to contact Trish just quickly it's Trish at
5: autumnsupportlows.com or 086 078 7356. But again, and all we'll, the details are on social media. Yeah, and
2: we'll have the numbers here at LMFM. <laughs> Wish you well for the new year ahead. Thank you for joining me, Jacinta Walsh and Trace Blood. Now, competition uh, this week comes to us from Millbrook Market, Kennedy Road, Navin. I have a 50 euro voucher to give away. Check them out. Desserts, cakes, hampers, party foods, you name it. And they look after gluten free people who need gluten free as well. Or a voucher for Christmas from them would be wonderful. Anyway, today's question. In a jambon, Miss Louise Walsh, there is puff pastry, Emmental cheese and... Ham. Ham, yes, that's the answer I was looking for. Well done to John Burke. John must love his jambons. He's our winner today. Congratulations to you. Do you like them? Do you like jambons?
3: Yeah, well, you know jambon is the French word for ham.
2: Yes. So that's just... Thank you for that clarification and that... Just um, in
3: case people thought it was jamming it.
2: This woman has no end to her talents. Because I would
3: have thought it was jamming it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's jam, jam buns. Jam bonbon. Jam buns. <laughs> J-A-M-B-U-N-S. Not a jam bun. But uh, put cream on them. Did you ever eat a jam bun?
3: Yes, because my daughter went through a phase where she had to have them for lunch. So I just used to get a packet of them in oh. the supermarket and throw them in the oven. They're When they're not burned, they're fab. <laughs> they're lovely salty. They're lovely. You couldn't burn them. You could. What? Yeah, you could. You could just walk away and leave the oven on, forget about them.
2: <laughs> well, I tell you the story of my jambon history. I never knew what a jambon was until a young whippersnapper who worked here called Thomas Cross arrived back from the deli down the road one day and said, Jerry, did you ever have any of these? <laughs> and I was smitten from the first bite, to be honest with you. I just loved them from day one. And Thomas, he, was a devil. he used to be coming with them every day. Really? Oh, my God. And, you know, for a fellow with a dicky heart, you know, the, the you high of and You talking about
3: Crossy, are you? Me, 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 <laughs> not crossy. 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 Yes, he is
2: Crossy now on <laughs> FM 104, our Thomas. And he's doing great. He really is. But anyway, Thomas introduced me to jam buns. And uh, I've had an affinity for them ever since. And they're great. Like, if you're going fishing early in the morning, you ca- call into a garage. You look at the deli counter. I'll have six jam buns, please. Six of them? Well, between a few. You know, <laughs> but I... <I'd, laughs>
3: Yeah, right. A between of, a few miles, you mean? Between two of us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and if the second doesn't really like them, well, you could end up with a few more
3: yourself. But sure, that's the way of the world. Oh, uh, does? it I don't know anybody who doesn't like them.
2: Oh, they're lovely. They're tasty. Mm. They're really so savoury. savoury. you mm. know. The sa- I love savoury stuff, and they're really savoury. But you can get them all around the place now. But anyway, my love affair what do you with jam I no eat them. Just
3: eat them. I know. But have. if you if you if you had a yen to put something on them, what would be nice with them? Mushrooms. Mushrooms.
2: Yeah, you know, mushrooms with the ham and the cheese on top of the jambon. I meant sauce,
3: like mushroom sauce.
2: Ah, uh, no, tomato sauce. If was going sauce. To have any, Yeah, uh, tomato if was going to have any sauce with them. But mm. mushrooms, I think, would add to the savory nature of them. So for you sure. could
3: make a new little niche, jambons and mushrooms yeah, suppose, together.
2: Yeah, it'd be like a mini pizza. You know what I mean? Ham, mushroom, cheese, and the puff paste.
3: Jambon mush. Yeah. Mush.
2: <laughs> I, I love jambons, Mush. Very Mush. <laughs> very, very Mush. I love them. I really do love them.
3: They just turn out Mush if I tried <laughs> to make them.
2: Anyway, we'll have another giveaway from Millbrook on the show tomorrow afternoon. I'll keep it on the foodie theme as well. Let's uh, roll this there, please, Louise. Five, four, three, two. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's. The number two from 1979. We're nearly there. We'll have the one for you tomorrow. But it's been a cracking top five. And today's number two was simply massive. I remember it so well. It was a protest song against corporal punishment and rigid abusive schooling. And you'll know it well. It features a children's choir. And it was a big comeback for Pink Floyd because their last big one that sold hugely was 1968. Yeah, Point Me at the Sky was that one. But they roared back with this one and a new album. And it's rightly regarded as one of the greats of all time. And when I tell you that it was released in November 79 and became the Christmas number one in 1979, the last... Number one of the 70s decade. Yes, our two today in our top five countdown from this week in 1979. It's Pink Floyd and the Brick of the Wall. The riff in that song is simply brilliant, isn't it? And it's a real protest song. It is just powerful. It really is. All these years later, Christmas number 179, number two in our countdown this week back in 79. You know, Louise, when I was at school, I, I had to wish that that song was out at the time. Because hey teacher, leave those kids alone. There were a few teachers and they just never left kids alone to mm-hmm. be honest with you when I think back. Heberts and ah oh, there was some you know, there were some great teachers there were but there were a few and they were absolute psychopaths, I have to say.
3: Great but- song from Empowerment. Oh, for the students, isn't listen, it? Listen. You just feel like you can do anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and or say and, anything. Yeah, I was just uh, 79 is when I began working. I went to work for the first time uh, in the civil service back then, and I remember that being huge uh, that particular year. And and thinking about those school days, and I had wonderful days, I have to say, I had great times at school, and nothing untoward. But I, I saw things happening to some poor lads that I mm-hmm. went to school with that were just picked on by people and. Oh, my God, there were such different times when it came to this, the way we lived under a a regime of church and state and schooling and that as well. But look, there you have it. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, and it's taken up time with tribunals and this and that and the other. And I wouldn't like to even go back to those times. It's much better, Mm -hmm. please, God. And it is today. It certainly is, you know. But anyway, that's uh, my little... uh, Uh, Side of uh, our number two in the countdown, Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall. Fantastic song. Final break of the day, up afterwards. She's back with us and she has a lot to say. Yes, it's Sinead Burke and her guardians of the peace.
4: To my mind, there are five emergency services Fire Brigade, Guardi, Ambulance, Coast Guard, and Good Neighbours. Each one permanently on call and with their own area of expertise. From health crises to loose cattle, they are all safety nets for when life goes wrong. We don't wake up in the morning hoping that at some point in the day we're going to have to send out an SOS. But it's a comfort to know that if we do, someone will come running. Because that's what we do in this country. We look out for one another. We have each other's backs. Sure, it's a national pastime looking at other countries, And blessing our faces, we are not like them. Not for us the racist dog whistling of Brexit. And mindless riots? No, that's not our way. The embers of the Republic might have caught fire in active rebellion. But we also put in a lot of talking and a lot of diplomacy to get where we are now. Rioting only happens in other places. Until it does happen here and then maybe we're not as advanced as we thought we were. What exactly went wrong on that horrible Dublin evening is something that will be teased out and examined in many official forums over the next while. And something major did go wrong if members of UNGArdi, as is being reported, were receiving WhatsApp messages from their colleagues on the front line of O'Connell Street, asking them to come and help. Hearing this... Reminded me of the 1916 reenactment I helped stage in Navan as part of the National Commemorations of the Rising. The play centred around the old British Army Barracks, which is now Navan Town Hall. For authenticity, the plan was to fly a Union Jack over the building. An uncle from England sent one over, and to be honest, once it was up, it was eerily effective. In setting the scene of the Ireland of that day. Then the guards arrived down. I was advised it might be best to take it down quickly. The flag was being discussed in online chat rooms, and some people were not happy. Violence was being mooted. It was a community play, and I felt more of a responsibility to the volunteer cast and crew than I did to artistic integrity. I took the flag down and the event went off without a hitch. The most upsetting thing about the events of November 23rd is young school children and their carer being attacked. The second thing is witnessing members of Angarda Shia Siakana being beaten as they tried to do their job. I don't understand how that parochial-sized potential trouble was spotted seven years ago But the tinderbox being lit that week in Dublin was missed. Anyone listening to Liveline that afternoon could guess what was going to happen. The guards in this country are referred to as guardians of the peace. It's literally in the name. In America, they are called law enforcement. There is a very real difference between the tone and intent between the two. If we run into serious trouble in this country, it's the unarmed guards we call, whatever the consequences of the disgraceful scenes on Parnell Square, I hope one of them will be more resources and respect to unguard the Shecona because the guards need our backup.
2: Sinead Burke there with interesting thoughts indeed. Thank you, Sinead. Always love to hear from you. We'll have more banter from Sinead and on. That's almost it on Late Lunch today. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're looking for, Louise, what are we looking for? We're looking for...
3: The worst Christmas, number one. Number one.
2: The worst Christmas number one song of all time. We want to hear your views on mm. Christmas number ones. We're uh, having a crack about that on the show tomorrow afternoon. I have a couple of nominations myself, to be honest. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I've
3: one definitely comes to mind, okay, but I must look them no. up later.
2: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll post it across social media this evening. And uh, what am I looking for for Christmas? It can't be God. Can anyone help me? What's that cream? Bum bum. The Rio de Janeiro
3: bum bum cream.
2: Rio de Janeiro bum bum cream. Uh, it's the big, big. It's the,
3: yeah, it's the kind of the present that all teenagers want, teenage girls. <laughs> it's um, it's like a, a, a kind of moisturising cream would that be right, Sharon. Oh, sorry, sorry I'm
2: on the wrong tack. I thought you put it on your bum bum and it'd it did wig like a Brazilian.
3: No. And what, you want that for Christmas? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> I'm
2: arse of myself. <laughs>
3: the bum bum cream.
2: Anyway, we leave you with that thought today. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive. See you tomorrow. Bye.